0: A lot of people pray, but do you really know how to pray? Here's pastor Jeff Shreve. Jesus was giving them and giving us a model
1: of prayer. This is how you pray. This is the skeleton of prayer. Such a powerful few verses on the subject of prayer. And I want us to look at that model prayer and see seven characteristics of that prayer. There is truth, there is truth, there is love.
0: This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, and all this month, he's been going through his 10-message series, Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. And once we've got that as a foundation for our walk with God, the next step is prayer, If you're not praying and trusting in prayer, you miss so much of the connection, the relationship that is available between you and God. Most of us struggle with prayer, whether it's a wandering mind, running out of things to say, or just not feeling deep enough connection with God. The devil fights us with distractions as we pray, because he knows there is power when we connect with God. Today, we're going to learn the way to pray and the difference it'll make in our life. And we're going to do this by analyzing the Lord's Prayer and the deeper truth that we'll find there. Right now, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Here's Pastor Jeff to ask the question and give you an answer that you can embrace and grow in Christ. The lesson is called, Do You Know the Way to Pray? Today, we want to talk
1: about the subject of prayer in our series, The Next Step. I think for most of us, we would love to be able to go to the next step, the next level in prayer, so that our prayer would have power, so that we really would connect with God, so that we would really look forward to a time of prayer to talk to God. You know, the thing about prayer, it's interesting. On one hand, prayer is not hard because it's just talking to God. On the other hand, prayer is really hard because the devil fights you and me in prayer. He doesn't want us to pray. Why? Because prayer links our nothingness with God's almightiness, and, and the devil knows that if the people start to pray, they're going to be energized with the power of God, so if I can keep them busy and keep them away from prayer, I can keep them from connecting to the power of God. One of the things you read in the Gospels that jumps out at you as you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is how much Jesus prayed. Jesus is the Son of God and God the Son, yet he spends so much time in prayer. The Bible says that in the Gospel of Luke that before he chose his 12 to be with him, the 12 disciples, apostles, we call them, he spent the whole night in prayer. Well, the, the disciples noticed how Jesus prayed so much, and they took thought of that, and they said, wow. And they asked him in the Gospel of Luke to teach them to pray. It says in Luke 11:1, and it came about that while he was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples, John the Baptist. Teach us to pray. We see you pray, and man, we'd love to be able to pray like you pray. And so that happened about a, a year into their time with Jesus, a year and a half maybe, into their time with Jesus. But Jesus had taught them they had forgotten, perhaps, He had taught them in the Sermon of the Mount on the Mount uh, a year or so before, a year and a half before, how to pray. And so he reviews that with them in Luke chapter 11. And we're going to look at the original in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about prayer. He said, hey, pray then in this way. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Pray then in this way. Now, we'll stop right there. Pray in this way. And he's going to give what we call so often the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus didn't pray that. He's saying this is the way to pray. This is not something you you memorize and recite back to God. This is not a, a, a prayer to be recited. It's a roadway of prayer. It's a map to prayer, a guide to prayer. Pray in this way. Pray in this manner. Pray according to this model. And Jesus was giving them and giving us a model of prayer. This is how you pray. This is the skeleton of prayer. Pray then in this way. Our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Such a powerful few verses on the subject of prayer, the way to pray. And I want us to look at that model prayer and see seven characteristics of that prayer. Characteristic number one, prayer is rooted in a personal relationship. It's rooted in a personal relationship because Jesus said, pray in this way, our Father. He doesn't say, pray our God. He doesn't say, pray our King. He doesn't say, pray our Sovereign, and God is all those things, but he says, pray our Father who art in heaven. Well, it starts with a relationship. God, he wants us to see him as our Father. And, And the Bible even goes deeper in the concept of Father, because Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Let this cup pass from me. Paul said in Romans 8 and Galatians chapter 4 that the spirit of Christ living inside of us, it cries out, Abba, Father. Now what is Abba, Father? Abba is uh, it's an Aramaic word. It's what the, the children would call their, their father. It, it, if you, we put it in the vernacular, it's daddy. Daddy, father. That's getting really intimate and really close when you can call God not only father, but daddy, father. And the Lord is saying, hey, prayer starts out with a personal relationship. It's close. You're talking not to some distant king. You're talking to your father. God is revealed in Scripture as father. Father. Now, you might be thinking, well, you know, I've always been taught that God's God's Father. God's everyone's Father. But that's not true. God is not everyone's Father. God is fatherly to everyone, but He is only your Father. You are only connected to Him, Father to Son or to Daughter, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. See, God becomes your Father when Jesus becomes your Savior. And before that time, God is not your father. He is the father, but he's not your father. And you can't pray our father. You don't have a personal relationship with him. Prayer breaks down right at the starting gate if God is not your father, if there's not a personal relationship there. And in case you would challenge that, you can review John chapter 8, where Jesus had some Jews that were arguing with him. The Jewish religious leaders are arguing with him. And they said, we have God for our father. Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me. But God is not your father. Let me tell you who your father is. You are of your father, the devil. Now, to say that to a Jewish religious leader, that your father is the devil, I mean, that is, uh, them's fighting words. That's a major, major confrontation there. But that's the truth of Scripture. God becomes your father when Jesus becomes your Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, received Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So prayer is personal, our Father. Now, because it's personal, you, you don't just recite things to our Father. You talk to him. You just, you just pour out your heart to him. You, you're just very open with him. When my kids were little, and they wanted to talk to me. They didn't, they didn't write stuff down. You know i write it on a piece of paper, I come home from work, and uh, Joe would say, "Dad, I, Dad, can I talk to you? Um, how are you today?" You know I mean, it's, she didn't do it like that. If she had something she wanted to talk, talk to me about, she just talked to me. A child talking to her dad. That's the relationship that we have with God. So, characteristic number one, prayer is rooted in a personal relationship. Characteristic number two, prayer is conducted with reverence and awe. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. We don't use that word anymore. Jesus used that word. It means to make holy. And other translations of the Scripture, they, they translate that in this way. May your holy name be honored. Let your name be kept holy. Help us to honor your name. And the whole point of that second phrase in the prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, is you are coming before your Father who is the holy God of the universe. And he's not just the holy God of the universe. He is holy, holy, holy. That's what we read in Isaiah chapter six when Isaiah has an encounter with the Lord. That's what we read in Revelation chapter four where John is caught up into heaven and he sees the throne room of God. The word that is used in heaven over and over and over and over again is the word holy. The Bible says, in Revelation four, day and night the angels do not cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So it's not just God is, he's just holy. He's holy, holy, holy. And some have said, well, that speaks of the Trinity. Uh, Holy is the Father, holy is the Son, holy is the Spirit. And that could very well be true. It also, in the Hebrew mind, if you repeated something, you repeated it for emphasis, So, if you had a storm that hit your town, you'd say, uh, man, we had a storm last night. But if it was a really big storm, you might say, we had a storm, storm, storm hit last night. It just shows you how big it is. God is not just holy. He's holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. So, you and I need to approach God with reverence and awe. You can get close to God because he's Abba Father, but you always remember God is holy, holy, holy. He's not like us. And so we have tremendous reverence and awe for God. I remember I was talking to a friend of mine once. We were talking about prayer, and I was telling him that, uh, you know, an hour in the prayer room was hard because of, you know, your mind wandering and this and that. And he said, Jeff, he said, one thing that you can do that's really helped me He said, when I pray, I think of myself as standing before the throne of God. And he said, and I'm looking up at the God who is holy, holy, holy. And I'm just, my attention is on him. It says in Hebrews 4, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence... To the throne of grace that we re- may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, if you have that picture burned in your head, I am coming before the thrice holy God of the universe. He invites me to come. I come with reverence and awe. I never come flippantly before God. I never treat God as if he's just like uh, he's just my buddy. He's just my pal. He's just like me. God is not just like you. He is. God, holy, holy, holy. In the Old Testament, when uh, the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant, or they won it and took it in battle, and then they didn't want it anymore because God was bringing judgment on them for having the Ark, they sent it back to the Israelites. And when it came back, some of the Israelites in a town called Beth Shemesh, they wanted to see if the philistines had taken anything out of the ark you know the ark is just that small box and inside the box you have aaron's rod that budded you have the ten commandments and you have a jar of manna those are the three things in the box well they wanted to make sure that no one took any of that stuff so they looked in the ark of the covenant and they died they died you don't do that they they're not supposed to touch the ark they're not supposed to look into the ark you can't get uh, chummy with God like that, like you just treat him like he's, he's your buddy. Hey, hey buddy, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. No, you always come before God with reverence and awe. And when God killed those people in Beth Shemesh, you know what the, the rest of them said that didn't die? Who can stand before the Lord, this holy God? Man, great fear fell upon the people. Hey, God says, come before me, but you always come before me with reverence and awe. Holy, hallowed be thy name. Characteristic number three, not only is prayer rooted in a personal relationship, not only is it conducted with reverence and awe, but prayer is focused on God's will and God's kingdom. God's will and God's kingdom. So Jesus said, the third characteristic of this prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's all about God's kingdom and it's all about his will. See, sometimes we get the idea that prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is coming before God and staying a long time and just, uh, you know, the longer you stay there and ask Him for something, uh, you just kind of badger God. He doesn't want to do it, and I'm going to be on Him on this. No, I don't want to do it. And keep, you know, it's like a little kid that wants to have candy. You ever had that happen? I want candy. You know, little kids go to the store with their mom. Oh, I want candy. No, we're not gonna get candy. Please let me have candy. No, we're not gonna get candy. After about an, uh, uh, 20 minutes of candy, 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 it's all right, we'll get candy. Then I'm gonna go check myself into a mental institution. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> because you, they can drive you crazy, and so you just crater. It's like give them anything they want just to shut them up. That's not prayer, where you try and badger God to get him to do your will. Prayer is not that. Prayer is entering into God's will. It's getting on the same page with God so that you can do his will. And the Bible says about the will of God that it's good and acceptable and perfect. Romans chapter 12, verse two. God's will for you is not like taking bad medicine to get well, his will for your life is what you would want for yourself if you had sense enough to want it. And so we pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, and especially in my life, as it is in heaven. I was reading some years ago about a man named Ivan. He was stuck in the Soviet prison, and uh, people were making fun of him for his faith in Christ. One day he was praying, and one of the other prisoners saw him praying and said, hey, buddy, That's not going to do any good. That activity is not going to get you out of here any faster. And Ivan looked up at him and he said, I'm not praying for God to get me out of here. I'm praying for God to help me do his will. That's what I'm praying. I I want my life in connection with him. I want to be doing what he says to be doing. I'm not trying to get him to do what I want. I want to do what he wants. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, the prayer of Jesus when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, when he didn't want to go to the cross, he prayed three times. He's sweating blood. This is is serious prayer. He's agonizing in prayer. And he ends his prayer those three times saying, not my will, but yours be done. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And that's how we are to pray. We're praying to bring our needs before the Lord, but then we say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Now, if you want to just sum up the Christian life, you can sum it up this way. The Christian life is lived out in daily surrender. Daily surrender, your will to his will. Christian life is lived out, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I want to bow my life and my will to your will to do what you say do. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Every single day, you have to say, Lord, I die to myself. It's not I, but Christ. It's not what I want. It's what you want. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, and there's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Not I, but Christ. So, prayer is focused on his will and his kingdom. Fourthly, prayer is employed for daily needs. You know, sometimes you can think, well, if it's just all about God's will... Then why even pray at all? Why, why do I bring my needs before God? I mean, we're just going to do it His way. So, um, I guess I should just, just, just pray, well, Lord, you know, whatever you want, that's, that's what I want, and, and I don't share my needs. No, He says to share your needs. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. God is a God who cares about our needs. We need daily bread, and He cares about the things going on in our lives. He cares about uh, the daily things in our lives. So when we pray, we, we come before the Lord, we give Him honor, we give Him glory, we remember who He is, we're, we're in a relationship with God. We don't have to be afraid of God, even though He is holy, holy, holy. We can get close to Him, and uh, we want His will to be done in our lives. But then we have needs. You have needs, I have needs, we're all just a bundle of needs, and we bring our needs before the Lord. And we say, Lord, this day, I'm facing this, I'm facing that, I'm facing there. Lord, this day, would you give me my daily bread? Would you give me the things that I need to make it through this day for uh, the things in school, for the things at work, for the difficulties I'm facing, uh, maybe in my marriage, in my family, maybe with uh, a loved one who is sick. Lord, help me today. You bring your daily needs before the Lord. God is a daily provider, and He knows about our needs, and He cares about our needs, and He wants us to share our needs with Him.
0: You're listening to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve today and the message called, Do You Know the Way to Pray? It's one of the important steps that Christians need to make once they've received Christ as their Savior. It's from Pastor Jeff Shreve's series, The Next Step, an appropriate one now that we just concluded a month of lessons exploring the Ten Commandments. Your prayers will be completely ineffective if you're not obeying the Ten Commandments. Now, earlier this month, we went through the entire new series from Pastor Jeff called Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. And this is the last day that we'll be offering this series for your gift from his heart this month of any amount. God gave us these commandments, not to just read and discard. These commandments are critical for a society to function and flourish. And that's why God gave them to us. And that's why Pastor Jeff wants you to get a copy of Written in Stone. He closely examines each commandment and provides keen biblical and practical insight to help us grow in faith. Again, this rich and enlightening series is our gift of thanks to you for your support this month. To From His Heart of any amount, you can get it in the format of your choice. Call eight six six four zero Bible eight six six four zero Bible, or go online to fromhisheart.org. And when you make that gift today, request the series Written in Stone. God bless you for what you can do to help From His Heart expand our outreach in two thousand twenty-four our 20th year of proclaiming the good news on radio and TV across the nation. Well, I'm Larry Nobles. Thank you for joining us today for the lesson, Do You Know How to Pray? Part 1. We'll have part 2 tomorrow when Pastor Jeff returns. Here's a taste of what's to come. Don't ever get the
1: idea because there is God's will and there is my will that those are obviously two separate things... Because the longer that you walk with God and the longer that you allow him to work in your heart, your will can become in line with God's will. That's why the Bible says, Psalm 37, 4, Delight
0: yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's on Thursday when we open up God's word and share from his heart. His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.